What makes you strange on purpose? I think I'm a perfectionist. I don't know anything. I don't know, I'm just me. I'm a little weirdo. I'm just me. My unwillingness to stay stagnant. I can only be like authentically myself. The best way I can answer this question is with describing a picture. It's this guy riding a motorcycle while he's reading a book called How to Ride a Motorcycle. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Honesty hour. I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I'm Izzy and my guest today is Mad Dope. Uh, she is just someone that when looking at her Instagram profile and then just doing research in general, she's touched a lot of things and is someone that I decided to call a uh, humble park legend in Chicago. Um, and I'm mad excited to have her on. So Sam, thanks for joining me. Oh man, what an intro. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. That's, that's really nice. And yeah, I'm super excited to be talking with you. So for the people that are listening, don't know who you are, don't know everything that you touched, doesn't know where the hell Humble Park is. Do you want to give a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what you do? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Humble Park, Chicago, kind of like northwest side. It's a historically Puerto Rican neighborhood. I'm born and raised. My family's been here basically for three generations. Uh, yeah, there's so much history and, and culture here. Um, I love it. I rep it super hard. I went to school for art. I, went, I graduated from Columbia College here uh, with a degree in fine art a few months ago. I just got recruited uh, to work for Nike. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. I am a color designer on the women's footwear team uh, designing at the global design level. So so from Chicago, um, it's mm -hmm. mad exciting that you are you have your hands in so many different buckets and it seems like you as a creative had at least a decent enough support system for you to go and follow your passions mm -hmm. a lot of creatives don't have that so your upbringing let's talk a little bit about that just like puerto rican like it, it's it's tough i just had someone on earlier um and we were talking about like how his parents said He's 100% Puerto Rican, but they said, you have to be a lawyer. You have to be a doctor or a construction mm -hmm. worker. Like, there's no other things. There's no other jobs out there for you. So totally. how does that differentiate from your upbringing? Yeah, I mean, I grew up, uh, yeah, I grew up here. I, I still live in Humble Park. Um, and it's so different now, you know, like it was the hood, yeah. like the hood, hood growing up. Um, for people that don't know, uh, Humble Park was like pretty much like synonymous with violence gang violence um yeah like if you if you look it up now still you, it's like a lot of that comes up um which is crazy to me because it's super gentrified now um yeah it's really it's really different than it was growing up but that said you know that context um i think i was super fortunate growing up um i'm so so grateful um to have the family that i do 
Um, my grandfather was among some of the first Puerto Rican business owners in the city. So he owned, uh, yeah, like a corner store, a building actually on the same block that I'm here recording on still. That context, like, yeah, I had a, I had a good family. We were fortunate. My grandfather owned a business and my parents, like, they tried, like, really hard to keep me, like, out of the mix, you know? Yeah. Like, for for valid reason, you know, fear. Like, I have friends, um, you know, my friends and neighbors, family members who were victims of gun violence. And um, that said, yeah, they, they really, like, encouraged me to um, stay busy. And I found a lot of uh, creative outlets through through that um, really early on. I would, like, as a kid, I would, like, write poetry. I was, like, a nerd. I just feel like I was lucky because... I went to I wanted to go to school for art. I went to Columbia, yeah. and I I don't remember too much pushback actually from my parents being like don't go. I felt like yeah I, I was fortunate to ha- ha- kind of have that freedom. But what I will say is when I finished school, I was working like in a cubicle like while I was finishing college uh, for the state of Illinois Department of employment security doing t- statistics like occupational employment statistics like i was just you know paying my tuition yeah um but yeah when i wanted to leave because i i was just you know doing that while i was in school my mom like yeah she like didn't want me to quit like because i had a salary and like you know it's like a stable job or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like are you kidding like i just got a degree in art and you want me to like sit in a cubicle eight hours a day? Like yeah. that's so much of my time. Um, yeah, it, it was like yeah, it was crazy to me. I, I she they they weren't supportive in that, but uh, I think I think they're getting the picture now. It's kind of crazy just from the standpoint of like I was super blessed with the fact that my parents told me, "Yo, go follow your passion." I got this degree in sports management, and I absolutely hated it after my first job i was like what the hell did i get myself into Hmm. and like the whole process between me quitting that job and now where i am today has been uh super muddy water but it's like whatever you gotta you just gotta figure it out and totally it's it goes goes to say like you can monetize or just like follow your passions and there is money there definitely i mean yeah when i when i quit my job I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got an internship at the MCA, Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago. Um, so when I quit my job, I went to do that. But it was like, it was an unpaid internship, which is also like crazy. Like, why do they have those? Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Like exactly how I was going to do things, but I was, Chicago has such a vibrant creative community mm-hmm. and I did see like friends and peers and people around me that were like sustaining themselves off of, um, their art and the creative endeavors. And that was kind of like motivation to me that I was like, well, these people are doing it and they're figuring it out. So like, I might as well try, um, I'm right around that time. Yeah, when I had when I had quit my job, I was interning at the MCA. Was also when um, I was selected for this Nike Lab program in was that 2018, 2019. Um, yeah, 10-10 young creatives were hand selected by Virgil Abloh to participate in this like summer incubator program at the Nike Lab, 
And yeah, I feel like that was kind of like a pivotal moment in my career. Like right when I was kind of like trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Can I do this? Am I going to be able to make money? And yeah, that was super validating to be a part of that program. Uh, Really crazy experience, you know, especially now um, to have, you know, been selected by Virgil Abloh. And at the end of the program, he came um, and saw all of our projects and like gave us feedback. Uh, how many people can say that they had that experience you know i do want to go back a little bit because you talked about how how much like to quote you you said you were a little nerd little nerdy uh (laughs) with the poetry and stuff like that um you mentioned something about like free art programs in our conversation before and i think I do want to talk about how important that was for you because there's been a few guests on here from Chicago that have gone through CPS and like went Mm -hmm. to these free art programs. And it was clearly like a massive inspiration for what their career and what their life ended up turning into. So how did those programs impact you? Yeah, uh, free art programming in Chicago was definitely like super formative experience for me. Yeah, I don't think that I would be who I am today if it was not for free art programming in Chicago. I went to this one program called Marwin. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I literally recommend it to every young person. I think it starts from sixth grade through high school. Um, They have, yeah, amazing art classes from like all different mediums, digital, physical, uh, photography, everything. Wow. And their 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 spaces are so beautiful their teachers are amazing it's really an incredible resource uh i really yeah i love them and i I credit that they gave me they had a program at the time where they paid us to like screen print these greeting cards that Mm -hmm. they were like selling across the country and that's the first time that i could say that someone paid me to make art and i was like still in high school um but that was yeah that was amazing and I also went to Yolokali, which was based out of Pilsen at the time. I believe they moved to Little Village now. It's run through the National Museum of Mexican Art, and they as well have really amazing creative programming. There's, uh, I like to ask this question to every creative that jumps on, and um, hopefully it puts things into perspective for you, but where do you think you're playing it safe right now? That's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, definitely something that I have been thinking about a lot lately because I have this job and I'm making more money consistently than I ever have, which is a blessing and I'm very grateful. But I'm working on really cool, like creative projects that I'm excited about. But in my free time, I've I've been spending a lot of time on the pod on our podcast. Yeah. uh, Systematic. And I haven't, which is a creative endeavor as well. Absolutely. But I have not been like spending too much time on like my own, like other like creative practices. Mm -hmm. So that I could say like, yeah, I'm playing it a little safe in that. Like I I want to and I have like these ideas, but it's like so hard to like balance and like manage your time and prioritize things. But that's something that I really want to do this year and make sure that I'm like being consistent in yeah creating for myself and and my own ideas but yeah yeah, i I have um like a collection of furniture and like custom mirrors and things like that that are (laughs) in the works very early stages but that's like a goal of mine this year is to like put out some furniture so that's nice that's awesome that's amazing so um you mentioned systematic yeah 
tell us a little bit about that. Like, why should people listen? Um, what stories are involved and everything like that? Yeah, Systematic is, yeah, podcast me and my sister started in 2019. So we've been doing it for a little while now. We're funded in 2021. We received a, a grant for media and storytelling, working on getting some funding for this year. So hopefully that comes through because as you know, there's like mm -hmm. so much that goes into podcast production, especially when you're trying to expand. But yeah, we, we, we started this podcast because we felt like there was a gap in media and storytelling where we didn't feel represented. Basically, we didn't see yeah like young young women young uh women of color latin women in media talking about like stories in a way that we felt like represented us and like where we came from you know especially in chicago there's so much corruption here you know yeah and especially like a lot of like youth stories and things like that can i feel like be like manipulated or like when they do come out in in media um, we felt like it wasn't authentic or it wasn't telling the whole story, you know, so we kind of just wanted to like do our part to tell those stories more authentically. For the people that are listening today and that want to support you, that heard your story, have heard your story to this point and want to, one, maybe buy some furniture when that's ready or just tune into the podcast, like how can people support, how can people like follow your journey and tune into your work? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're mostly on Instagram. Um, yeah, my I'm Samantha made that. Uh, that's my tag, and the podcast is Systematic Podcast. It's spelled like sister, like S I S Systematic. Um, yeah, listen to the podcast. We're trying to do like a lot more in person events this year. Hopefully, like pandemic willing. Yeah. Um, we're we're really trying to like actively build a community and gave like actual tangible resources when we can we we get really activated around like elections we'll do like voter guides and things like that to really make sure people are making informed decisions um so lots of lots of info on there tap in for sure last question for you what makes you strange on purpose oh man that's good <laughs> good question um yeah i mean i just I just try to be myself. I try to call it like I see it. If people don't like it, I don't know, go to someone else's page, I guess. Thank you for listening to the Strange Up Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. It helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you. 